Hey, what's going on, everybody? Today is episode number 49 of the Rock Savages podcast. As always, we are brought to you by rocksavagepod.com. You guys can roll over there, download all of our episodes for free, and subscribe to our RSS feed. We are also on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at the handle Rock Savage Pod. So follow us on all of those outlets as well and share it with your friends, man. We need your help. And aside from sharing, you guys can also subscribe rate and review us on iTunes. We are also on YouTube and Stitcher. You guys can subscribe over there as well if you're not a, an Apple person. And uh, any of that would be fantastic. And I just have to say that we've uh, we've been getting some likes, some new likes and uh, follows on Instagram and Facebook. And uh, it's, it's fairly steady on Twitter as well. So we just want to say thank you to everyone for doing that and welcome all the new folks, you know. We have some plans in the new year. We're going to try and, uh, you know, get this thing uh, on video maybe. We'll see how it goes. We're going we're gonna to play it by ear and uh, take our time with it because we want it to be good. So, uh, again, just help us spread the word. And now that the business is out of the way... I just want to tell you guys, man, I'm really excited about this episode. Recently, the rock and roll, heavy metal, sludge, NOLA act, New Orleans act, Crowbar, played the Outpost Concert Club in Kent, Ohio. Heat Theory was also part of the bill, and uh, another epic show for the Northeast Ohio music scene, man. We were really excited to see uh, Kirk Winstein and Crowbar come to Kent. It was their first time here, which kind of blows my mind because uh, I mentioned in, uh, well, I did mention it to him. I don't know if it's actually on uh, uh, mic or not, but, you know, we, we mentioned that it was uh, a pretty big deal for us because uh, Crowbar and, and Kirk's music in general, all the bands he's been uh, a part of, including Down and uh, Kingdom of Sorrow and Crowbar, have been a huge influence. I know on myself, in my band, Burn Blue Sky, all my all my my buddies in that band, definitely an influence on uh, Hate Theory over the many years they've been around, and uh, also an influence with uh, Paul and his and his uh, musical endeavors as well. So it was a pretty exciting uh, show for us, uh, Kurt was gracious enough uh, with his time to sit down with us for uh, about a half hour and uh, we had a really awesome killer conversation and it meant the world to us man as as longtime fans it was uh it was bucket list stuff you know and it was uh really really cool And with that, uh, you know, we asked Kurt if he was going to come back to Kent. He said, if it's cool, we'll come back. And the show was awesome. The band sounded fantastic. And uh, there were some Crowbar fans there that night. So uh, the show looked cool to me, man. Hopefully uh, he gets Crowbar back to the outpost in Kent, Ohio, really, really soon. We would be, uh, again, very excited to see that happen. So 
maybe next year. I don't know. It sounds like he's going to be touring with Crowbar in Europe next year quite a bit. But uh, maybe we'll get a U.S. tour. We'll see how it goes. And uh, it sounds like there's going to be uh, plans to start writing and recording a new Crowbar record in 2018. So all of that said... I guess we'll get on with this episode, man. Again, we're really excited. We think it's one of our best ones we've done so far, and uh, awesome stuff, man. That's what this this here this here interview is why we have started this podcast. You know, to you know, occasionally sit down with our uh, influences and our heroes and uh, in the music world. So it means a bunch to us. It means a lot to us that uh, you guys listen and uh, support, and uh, we can't thank you enough. And uh, with that said, I'll stop rambling now. We'll get on with this interview with uh, Kirk Winstein from Crowbar. All right, man. How's the tour going so far? Good, man. Great bands. You know, we're having a good time. Uh, We crisscrossed. You know, fuck, we started in San Antonio, went all out west all the way up to Seattle and made our way back across into the Midwest. And tomorrow's the last show of the tour in Clarksville, Tennessee. Oh, wow. so, back home, huh? Yeah. For the holidays or? For a bit. We've been nonstop. I know. You know, so. Yeah, I've been following this, you guys on Instagram. Yeah. yeah. It's like it's time for a couple of months off, so. Yeah. Take a little, we're, little we're breather. scheduling next year with, you know, Europe and everything right now, so. Cool. Um. And next year will be the 20th anniversary of Oddfellows Rest, so we want to do some special stuff for that. We're doing uh, the Roadburn Festival in the Netherlands. We're going to do the whole record in its entirety. That way we'll know all the songs. That's awesome. Um, It's one of my main projects is to go back and relearn the shit from 20 years ago. (laughs) Yeah, well, me and and Paul here are... uh, Longtime friends, but we were in a band in high school together, and we actually opened for you guys on the Oddfellows Rest tour. Oh, really? Down here in Akron, Ohio, at a place called Ron's Crossroads. I think uh, Todd was still. I in remember the band. playing in Akron. Yeah, that was yep. it. Yeah, <laughs> that was the, that was the place. So it was a big deal for us back then. Oh, we were huge, cutting our huge, teeth, re- yeah. huge fans at the time. Awesome. But Oddfellows Rest is uh, that's great record, timeless classic. riffs. I mean, the riff lord. Yeah, I mean, I, I, we're sitting here, and I'm. I'm can't believe I'm sitting here talking to you. I'm a huge fan. <laughs> oh, thank um, you very much. You know, we, uh, I think back on on all the riffs that that you wrote, and and I, it's just they're so organic. I mean, where does that where does that come from? Do you the songwriting process? Is it a riff oriented? You write? You write around a, a lyric? Do you? Uh, what's, how's it work for you? I come up with one one riff, and if I have one killer riff, I I, I already like I'll tell the guys I have a song. Even though it's only it starts with one riff, and I just write around that riff. Yeah, yeah. And uh, then I hear phrasing and melody, you know, uh, vocal wise, and I write the lyrics. You know, I have like the phrasing and all in my head, and I write, <coughs> excuse me, the lyrics along, you know, to that. So I just <coughs> fuck. Excuse me. No worries. <coughs> Shit. Hang on. Yep. We'll pop. Where were we? Uh, songwriting riffs, jams. Yeah. So the songs mainly come from kind of jams. Then I mean, you got a, a basic root riff and then kind of jamming out. That's how Crowbar has always sounded to me. It's never been like a demo-y kind of thing, you know. Well, in the beginning, like a lot of times, it would be you know, like say on Obedience Who Suffering or whatever. A lot of times we would like I might have a riff, Todd might have a riff, you know, whatever, and we 
we'd end up just gluing together three or four riffs and calling it a song and it's like some of it worked and some of it didn't so as time progressed and as i started you know writing really like writing with down um opened up so much um it helped me out so much just because of writing with phil and pepper and jimmy as as well you know and later on with rex too um you know phil when he produced the self-titled record like a song like um existence is punishment for instance had like four or five riffs to it and he's like we ran through the song at rehearsal and he's like you want to be honest i'm like yep he goes that song's got one good riff he goes so we built it's only a two riff song uh, cut the I've, fat I've, kind of thing I've learned exactly and I've learned to do that too there's a lot of great <clears throat> excuse me songs that are that are you know it, it doesn't have to be you know it, it can basically be you know two three riffs some of them are four five six whatever it calls for right. as you're writing it you know however, yeah. however it, it, it um, develops is is correct but um, you know he, he showed, showed me a lot with that and with the down stuff how simple the early down stuff like how simple the NOLA record is yeah um, and nothing was overthought it was just it flowed naturally and that's yeah. that's all you needed you know yeah just variations even like changing the riff a little bit to make it oh yeah make it different I mean it's 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 an art I mean I got I listen to a lot of softer stuff you know when I'm uh, riding around or whatever driving or something you know and I've been this this station I listen to they play a lot of shit like Prince and you know Duran yeah. Duran and just stuff from the 80s you know that good stuff empty. yeah great stuff like a song like Purple Rain is really only one riff yeah and it's just it's it's, uh, it's building you know it, it's dynamics it's building and then letting it breathe again and then building and, and, and just doing it I mean it's a brilliant song obviously great great song and I mean stuff like that shows you you know you don't have to have a hundred fucking riffs to make a, a great right. song. It, it, it's really just one riff, you know. That would probably surprise a lot of people about you that you listen to other other kinds of music, softer kind of stuff. Not to me, though, because, I mean, we've been fans for so long. Throughout the Crowbar records, there's either pieces or songs that are actually really mellow and vibey. I mean, mm-hmm. like Godfellas Rest the Title Track. Right, right. That's some of my, honestly, some sometimes it's just depending on the mood, but it's some of my favorite stuff. That just kind of brings to the question do you think ever do you think Crowbar would ever maybe release like a, a more mellow EP like kind of what Mastodon just did they did like a four song record and it was it was all electric you know it was uh, full band but it was just a more mellow vibe it was like way I'm, I'm actually considering doing a solo thing like that yeah where it would be Crowbar type stuff but right Electric with drums, with some acoustic, whatever, but much Trippy. more mellow. Yeah, yeah, just vibey stuff because, I mean, that's, I mean, I listen, you know, I mean, I, I'm old school. People constantly, oh, what's some of your favorite new up-and-coming bands? And I'm like, I really don't know. I mean, if we if we tour with the bands, yeah, right. then, you know, I get to see them every night and go, okay, this band's killer. I mean, these guys are great tombs and the Insight we've toured with before as well. And, um, you know, it, it's, Tricon is, is, is cool. It's like, you know, I'll, I'll be on tour with a, I call them younger band. Everybody's younger than me, almost, almost <laughs> everybody. <laughs> but um, you know, and I'll I'll discover. That's how I discover new bands because when I listen to music, which I don't have that much time in my personal life to actually just do it. Just I mean, chill, we have listen. A family, you know, we're right. on the go, constantly. It's constantly business stuff. I mean, we run the whole crowbar business thing. Really, my wife really does all the work. Right. But um, 
road manager, full band manager too? Like um, all, no, everything? no, just just helping out with um, like actually actually Jamie Josta and Steve Ross, um, who is Jamie's manager, manages all of his affairs. They they oversee everything and okay. manage, but we're trying to get it you know less less on them and. They do the important stuff. Yeah, the not logistics. that the stuff Robin does is not very important. Right, right. It's just they do the big things, you know, that that we are unable to do on our own, and they really give us, you know, they've helped us out so much and believed in us um, from the get go. You know, when I decided to just do Crowbar full time, they've been nothing but great, great help. But you know, Robin's trying to take a lot of the smaller stuff off of their hands and yeah. learn learn as she goes, and it's a lot less that they have to do. You know, um, it, it's it works. You know, it's a team effort family thing and it, it just works it's a smaller machine but more probably well oiled very efficient yeah you know? i mean we've got you know it, it's we've done it long enough well i mean me i've been touring 26 years now yeah being suffering came out 26 years ago but Shit, even with robin i mean way. as much touring as we've done since the end of 2013 i mean jesus she's already been like 26 countries <laughs> and you know just learned a lot you yeah know, and uh in a short period of a couple of years, you know, right. so it works, man. Well, well, kind of playing off of what you were just talking about with uh, Jamie Josta, is that that's how you got hooked up with with Jamie? Because uh, I was a huge fan of the Kingdom of Sorrow stuff. I mean, that the the riffs off that and the hooks off that were, were just killer. Yeah, it's, um, it's great shit. Man. Is there any, is there any idea of anything else like that going on again, or? Um, off the table. I always say uh, hey, you gotta ask Jamie, and he always says you have to ask Kirk. So, uh, <laughs> I'm up for it, man. If, if yeah, I has, love that stuff. I'm totally up I, for yeah. it. But actually, I mean, I met Jamie when he was. Um, I'm I'm much older than him. Well, once again, I'm older than everybody. <laughs> but um, I met Jamie when he was a promoter, and he was basically a kid, you know. Yeah. And, uh, he had booked booked us in Napalm Death or something, so that you know Hate Breed could open. This is when you know before they had any kind of deal. Just a local yeah, Connecticut that's man, smart, you know? you know. Yeah, and then built his way up, and you know. But our first, we really got tight and started, you know, talking about the Kingdom of Sorrow thing and all. in, in early early two thousand five, um, we did Hate Breed asked Crowbar to be the support act for our UK tour, so going on actual tour together you know um we got to talking in one night you know jamie came in the dressing room and he's like dude we, we need to do a, a project together and i said i said i would love to and that shit happens all the time yeah. you know he, he was still drinking then and I, I was of course um but you know we had had some drinks or whatever that shit happens all the time when you're on tours with your buddies and all and you, you know yeah, you might yeah. have some beers yeah. or whatever yeah man it'd be great to do it and it never happens right i mean and he just happened to call me out of the blue i was repainting the whole inside of my mom's house for her and the phone rang and it's him out of the blue and he's like what are you doing like right, you know right for now. the next month i said actually nothing we're getting ready to go out with coc um you know in like a month and he's like you want to come up to Connecticut and we can let's get working on this project and I said yeah sure and literally you know like a couple of days later, he's like I know book, book a flight like a couple of days later I was up there and that was the beginning you know beginning of that and uh it took a while to get everything really kicking I guess like we did the majority of the work right after Hurricane Katrina um what happened was we 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 had all gone to my grandmother's house in Lafayette, Louisiana, which is like two hours from New Orleans, like, but kind of northwest. Right, so right. completely out of, you know, Katrina. Up a little higher. Yeah, and just, yes. You know, because, I mean, we had, you, you saw what happened to the city. So, yeah. Absolutely. So when he finally got in touch with me, he's like, oh my God, I'm so glad you're okay, you know, everything. And he's like, it's maybe a weird question, but 
you know, would you want to come up here and we can do this Kingdom of Sorrow record? I'm like, please, yeah. thank you. I said, I'm going crazy. Rescue I, me. You know, no disrespect to anybody, but my mom, yeah. my dad, my grandmother, my wife at the time, my, you know, my who's who's my daughter's mother, my daughter, uh, my sister, everybody in my in my poor grandma's house, and I know we were driving her crazy. Right. So I couldn't even get a flight out of Lafayette to Connecticut. So. Um, I had to get a ride to the airport in Baton Rouge and fly up there, and that's when we actually recorded the first record. I was up there a couple of weeks, and um, we completed everything. I bet that I bet that was like a therapeutic kind of thing too. After going it was great. That. It was great to get you know just to go up there and just live and breathe. I mean, I literally stayed at Zeus, the producers, um, at the studio. I just lived on the couch. That was that was it. He had a shower and a bathroom and everything in the studio. Perfect. Like I don't need anything else. Simple living though. Yeah, yeah. man. You're but just, I mean that way we just you know lived and breathed the record. I mean yeah. might do vocals it shows. at four I o'clock mean, in the morning. Yeah. Might do guitar at ten a.m. It just didn't you know whatever. That's kind of how well that's how down two went for sure, oh, right? Yeah, we saw that. That, that was a much more <laughs> maniacal. That the down two thing was. It's one of those things. I'm so glad we did it. And when I look back, I had so much fun, and it's I'm really been I've really been getting into that album and listening to it a lot lately. Like if I go to the bar, you know, playing tunes off the off of it um, on yeah, jukebox. But um, that was one I always say I'm so glad we did it, but I don't ever want to make a record like that again. Yeah, the excess in all capacity. Every, you know? every I mean, it was just unbelievable. Could have been a double record. You guys could have kept going, you know, a few more days, you know. Yeah, well, we kind of just we had a. I mean, it, it was crazy. We had we had some ideas, but I mean, we would we would literally, <clears throat> excuse me, you know, work all day on a song, right? Kind of do a, a rough, rough demo of it, right? Just to make it through, and then the next morning, first thing, we'd lay down the drums. So we'd all play scratch tracks along, along right. to Jimmy, right? And uh, when Jimmy was done, we'd take it from there. Phil would be writing lyrics in his house. Me, I think Rex stayed in, in Phil's in the big house, and we, we stayed in, at the Not For Rotten's <laughs> lair. You just stay in that place um, down there. Get so done. I slept on the couch there, actually. And uh, it, But it's great. Like, cell phones don't even work out there. I know, you yeah. Know, it's, it's, it's so... I mean, you can hear a bird from a mile away. You know, it's so peaceful and quiet, and it's so far removed from everything. That it, I mean, it was a perfect environment to just live. We just yeah. lived there. I we, get that. Every get that. day was nothing but writing, recording. You know, and and that's that's no a good partying, but yeah, yeah, you can get a lot done in that kind of environment. Oh yeah, yeah. There was nothing. It's not like oh, I got to go pick up the kids at school. You know, it's like nothing. It's, it's like just, I can't. I'm changing. It's just you know, live out there. I actually went home for Thanksgiving Day and then came back and finished up but then we took that one day off I think I went home on like the Wednesday night and had like Thanksgiving dinner you know at my mom's and then um, was back out there like Friday morning and whatever long it took yeah, it was, that was the only day off really that was a perfect record for the fans too because it was so long in between NOLA to down to I remember that I remember that whole time because that was right after 9-11 and then right after right, that you right. get the news that you guys were making a record and we're like oh god damn thank god it's good news you know it kind of takes you know the little it's a little bit of an escape it kind of helped the fans out well, that's that what music is you know yeah. yeah so I remember all that but that record is still it's a classic to me I, some people said it's too long it's like it was the perfect length 
because we were waiting so long yeah. for the for the next one to come out. You know, it was really cool. I just listened to Stained Glass Cross. I'm like, why the fuck? That's what, I love was, that tune. Why yeah. is that not on the fucking radio? <clears throat> That's you know? we we thought it was. We thought we're like, dude, like do you remember those commercials like Freedom Rock? You know, turn it up and it's yeah. all these, you know, <laughs> yeah, like yeah. fucking uh, we're an American band and all these kind of like you know anthem, <laughs> anthem type you know 70s classic Big rock chorus. Song. You know, yeah, it's fucking like, awesome shit. All the guitars, you know, stuff was a blast. Chicks dig it too. For the, longest, for the longest time, my my ringtone for my alarm was "Ghost Along the Mississippi." Yeah, it's fucking such a cool riff. Uh, that yeah, that record is incredibly. It's just awesome from beginning to end. All of them are really. Do you miss playing them down? I miss playing with the guys, the camar- camaraderie of it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I mean, you know, I still get along well with with all of them. Sure. Yeah. Um, which is the most important thing. That is. I mean, friends um, or, or, you know. I mean, I'm t- extremely happy things worked out the way they did. You yeah. Know? Um, and now it's it's a situation with Pepper back with COC. And, yeah. You know, Jimmy and Phil are super joined. Phil's doing more illegal stuff. I Hate God was just here a couple months yeah, ago. Yeah, I mean, Jimmy's got I Hate God as well. You know, it's yeah. kind of like, you know, they're, they're, they don't have much time for down right now. Yeah, right. Which, I mean, I knew that was going to be a situation as as well. Yeah, I can't keep track of Phil, dude. He just record oh, he's after record. Like, something. what are you yeah. doing, man? Yeah. I can't yeah. keep track of you. Well, that's what he does. I mean, like, you know, he's got the studio and everything on. He's got, yeah. you know, 17 acres or something like that out in the woods and shit. So yeah, he just, he he just gets up, walks over to the studio and makes music every day. You know, just doing something. Going to the office, do, man. Producing yeah, just, one of the bands on the label or, you know, working on one of his million projects or whatever. That's, <laughs> that's what he does. That's a passion project for sure. I, I thought about starting a label a couple times. And I'm like, nah, no, I don't think so. That being said, I mean, Phil's doing his own thing with his own label, and you're kind of running a well-oiled, you know, efficient machine with a crowbar. The way things are going, it seems like a lot of artists are, are, doing, are going that route now. Like, they're releasing their own stuff, and it's easier than it's ever been. I mean, we've all only ever been independent musicians, but it's right. easier now than ever before. Have you ever thought about releasing a crowbar record on your own? Um, I thought about it, but, I mean, I'm really happy with... <laughs> Excuse me, <clears throat> with our situation with E1, and then yeah. we have SPV Steamhammer in over in Europe, which is a big label over there. You cool, know? yeah. And E1 is basically a, a major as well, major independent. Yeah, I would call them, yeah. Um, so I mean, they got you know a lot of great bands. Yeah. Not just I mean they you know they have Ace Freely and Black Label and Zach Solo stuff yeah. and High on Fire and Horus. Weird <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. They're fucking awesome. Yeah, it's killer. They've been and, on I mean, this they podcast. Do, you know, they got a lot of hip hop artists and different different stuff. They do. Uh, it's uh, believe it or not, we we got some stuff for our granddaughter. They 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 actually. It's I think it's actually a uh, a UK based company, and there's this big hit little animated TV show called Peppa Pig. Oh yeah, yeah. Heard That's of Peppa Pig. Uh, I have not. very big in the UK. Well, they they have that too. So we got when when we're doing uh press. We're looking, and Robin's like, it looks like all kind of Peppa Pig stuff up in that room. <laughs> so she went and talked to the lady in that department or whatever at the office, and she gave, you know, gave her bags of DVDs and all kind of shit. You no know. shit. So, yeah, Very so, nice. Um, yeah, but it's a great label, and, and SPV Steamhammer are, are really, you know, they're, they're fans of the band, and uh, they work it hard. So, I mean, <clears throat> um, if I had the money to do my own label and have a proper distribution, it would be a different situation. Yeah. You know, like... Because to have proper distri- distrib- distribution, <laughs> I don't know why it was a hard word. Um, you know, you have to you have to sell records. You know, I mean, a, absolutely. A, yeah. a, 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 pro, a real company is not going to pick you up if you're not selling records, right? And it's like Phil's really been able to to make his his uh, 
his record label grow tenfold with because now he's got I hate God, he's got Super John, he's got the illegals, he's got right. stuff that's that's you know not just passionate stuff that that he's that he wanted to do like. But he's got things, bands that are have you know, a core fan right base. that are selling records, which is you know making his label uh, obviously a much more successful, and that's great because it's a. It's, but started out you know for basically as a labor of love for him, just yeah. doing to doing it, just doing bands he wanted to do and whatnot. But then getting some of these other bands on the label um, really has helped you know House Court really grow, which that, is great. That's good to hear because I, I kind of wondered about that. I was like, well, I wonder if he's actually doing well with it. But it seems like they, I mean, I would that. think you know, I mean, yeah. you know, I mean, you know, it's probably not getting super. You know, it's not a ton of cash. Well, I mean, in, but, nobody sells. Yeah, you know? right. So I mean, but you know, I think he's in a great position being the uh, you know owner of the yeah. label and. Putting your own bands on it, you know. Yeah, so. yeah, and you're, you know, if you're passionate about it, about oh, yeah. that, you know, then the business side of it makes it so much easier. Totally. So, uh, as as far as uh, the serpent only lies, um, Todd Strange back in the band. It's been a while now, but my favorite track off that is uh, "Surviving the Abyss," and and the reason why is because I think it harkens back going back to Oddfellas Rest. It, it feels like that that had that vibe of that it record. Totally does, yeah. Like it could be on that album for sure. Yeah. And uh, so, did he play a part in sprinkling that little vibe into that song or any Actually, other songs? No, or? I ended up doing the bass on the record. Oh, did you? He's not on it. It okay. was we were in the transition. What happened was we were in the transition of going from Jeff to having Todd back in the band, and um, Todd had to go relearn all these songs. We had we right. had a tour booked with uh, supporting Carcass coming up. Right. So it was kind of like, look, you just worry about getting on the old material and I'll show you the shit that you don't you don't know from the old days right right and you know stuff after he had originally left right. that we that we do of course which is a lot of output yeah so you know he was concentrating on that and getting ready for the tour and I was like fuck it I'll just do do the bass you know so. yeah that's cool yeah I love that song you guys gonna play that tonight no, but I love I don't. love that one <laughs> yeah that's that riff I actually I, I never write on the road but I wrote that riff I write, rarely do I write on the road. I wrote that riff in Essen, Germany at Soundcheck. I just started fucking around, you know, that opening riff. Yeah, and yeah. It reminds me of like The Obsessed or something. A little bit. Yeah. Yeah. It's kind of like a wino to me. It's kind of like a yeah. wino riff. Yeah, yeah. Now you say I that. I like it a lot. You that know? Hit, that so, uh, And I was driving poor Robin crazy because I was up there by myself like 30, 45 minutes just trying to fine tune it, you know. Yeah. And, you know, of course the amp was cranked. It was coming through the PA and shit. She's setting up merchandise. Like, God. Hey, man. <laughs> That's enough. What's up, Big Dave? We're having a podcast. You want to say hi? How's it going? going on, brother? <laughs> How you doing? All right. Oh, good, man. Thank you. You want to say hi to everybody? Go ahead. Hi, everybody. I think they heard you on this one. The last one was a little rough. <laughs> you got any questions? Because I got another one. Go for it. Uh, what's next? New album in 2018? Um, It'll be recorded in 2018, probably cool. shooting for beginning of 2019 for a release I mean so, we have en- enough I said we finally have you know three and a half four months maybe off um, and then a lot of stuff coming up you know in Europe and uh, UK right and stuff you know throughout the on and off throughout the whole spring summer and into the fall actually cool. um, that's all then, European Pretty much. I mean, we've kind of like it's it's time to give it a rest, and you know, it's like we're running out of we toured so much. Yeah. And you have to to make money, but yeah. you know, we're yeah. we're running out of um, markets to, to, that we haven't yeah. already played a few times. I mean, like we played 
Bloomington, Illinois last night. I've never been there in all my years of tour. <laughs> We're playing Kent tonight. I've never played here in all my yeah, years. Yeah, I don't of, think so. Yeah, no. Uh-uh. Um, Akron. Akron we played, yeah. you know, of course, Columbus and, you know, Cincinnati. Cleveland. Cleveland. Yeah, I just uh, saw you there. But, um, yeah, I mean, we've never been to Kent, so it's it's cool in a way, you know, like uh, yeah. like we did Des Moines, Iowa, which we've only done once or twice in the last 26 years. So, oh, cool, yeah. Um, but it's getting to the point where, okay, we've been to L.A. this many times, you know, I've been to Vegas three times this year, yeah. and this and this and this. It's like, we just let it cool, you know, let it chill, and then, you know. Let them miss you a little bit yeah, exactly. and come back. You gotta, yeah. you gotta do that. You can't. I mean, that's like whenever whenever bigger bands come out, you know, they start out with the A markets. They're doing New York City. They're right. doing Hollywood. They're doing Houston and Dallas and whatever. Right, right. And it starts trickling down after you're on the road for a while while you're doing the B markets and C markets and whatnot. Right. Um, so, uh, yeah, literally, we're running out of places that we haven't already kind of burned out so well hopefully you come back to kent again this well, is the shit I mean, for us cool we will yeah, yeah it's it's a that's that's a good thing honestly it's like it it's it can be a new market like hey we did well in kent let's let's play there again we had blast it was a good show whatever yeah i think you know? it'll do well tonight yeah, yeah i mean your music is highly influential in this area you know hate theory my band, Burn Blue Sky, his band, and a bunch of our friends all listen to Crowbar. So they should all be here Glad tonight. To hear that. And they better be here tonight. <laughs> cool. Awesome. Cool. Anything else, buddy? No, I think that's it. Okay, cool. Well, thanks, man. I appreciate it. Appreciate it's a big, it, uh, big honor to sit down and actually talk to you. I've bumped into you many times over the years, but it's fun to actually sit down and have a conversation. Yeah, sure. I'm, I'm, I'm probably one of the minority in, in the sense that I like to do interviews. Yeah, I, I talk a lot in general. I just do. I'm not a quiet person at all. Right. I, well, like very me and my to wife to. are just, and uh, you know, our kids and all. Like Jesus, y'all never, you know, I never, <laughs> never stop talking. You talk too much. They always tell her, and she's like, "Do I talk too much?" I'm like, "Not to me." But man, I'll, they'll they'll schedule me on a ten minute interview. It'll go an hour. Yeah. You know, if it's if it's a good interview and, and flowing, yeah, nice and relaxed, know what they're talking about and everything yeah. to it and all. It's like I'm just like, man, you know. Yeah. They're like, you know, I don't want to take any more of your time. I'm like, I'm fine. I'm, we got all night. But no, that was a great interview. Man. Yeah, looking forward it. to the show. Yeah, definitely. Us too. Cheers. Thanks. All right, appreciate thank you. it. man there it is the riff lord himself mr kirk winstein from crowbar the man has been in down and kingdom of sorrow as well so we got into a little bit of that and he told us some really cool stories off mic too i wish we would have kept those mics running for a while but next time man we'll we'll, we'll nail him on the on mic about some of these uh, stories from back in the day out on the road you know, meeting some famous folks, touring with some famous folks, and uh, all that jazz. Pretty cool stuff, and what a cool life. And what a super cool human being, you know? He's just uh, really fan-friendly, and uh, he takes time to uh, talk to everybody and take pictures and all that. And that's, uh, you know, that's what you should do, man, when you're a, a musician who's fortunate enough to um, do this for a living. And... Uh, He's a gracious guy and, uh, you know, super cool fellow. So if you ever go to a crowbar show, go up and say hi, you know, buy some shirts, help him get down the road. And before I forget, I just want to say that 
you guys need to go over to Facebook and also not only follow Crowbar on their Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook, but follow the Outpost Concert Club in Kent, Ohio as well. They are our family, you know. They uh, are our flagship uh, venue in Ohio for Burn Blue Sky, Hate Theory, Red Water Tragedy, and many other bands. They treat all the bands like family, and they treat all the patrons like family too, man. Not to mention, they have been getting some amazing national and local acts over the last couple years, and, you know, they've, they've been in business since the early 70s. So they're known on the scene, but. You know, they're getting all these national acts in, and you know this is kind of, kind of become like a tri-state area kind of thing. They're they're starting to, uh, you know, uh, gather folks from out of state to come to their shows, and uh, they're putting a lot of time and effort into that. So, follow their social media, and uh, you know, support any venue that supports independent and underground rock and metal. And uh, what song are we going to play today? Well, it would only make sense to play a new Crowbar song. It's a, This a- album's actually been out for about a year now. Their latest is called The Serpent Only Lies. And in my opinion, I think it's one of their best records they've done so far since Kirk has left down, which was a few years ago now. The artwork is amazing. It's their best album cover I think they've ever done. It's it's it encapsulates Crowbar perfectly. Go look at it. Go to iTunes, listen and purchase. Or go to E1 Music and I'm sure they have their the vinyl there. And uh, this artwork I know looks amazing on vinyl. So it looks like that's what it was uh, you know created for. Needs to be on a 12-inch uh, piece of cardboard, in my opinion. But not only is the artwork awesome, the songs are amazing. Uh, it's quintessential Crowbar. It kind of harkens back, at least for me, back to uh, the Oddfellas Rest era, which is one of their most classic records still to this day. So, I think I've rambled long enough. The song I'm going to play is called... This, uh, excuse me. It's called Surviving the Abyss. It's track four off The Serpent Only Lies, the latest from Crowbar. Go pick it up on iTunes. Go to E1 Music. Purchase it there if you'd like. And I'm sure it's in every other online retailer that you can find. So that said, man, I hope you guys dig this song. Thanks for listening. Thanks for liking our social media. And if you dig what you hear, spread the word. Tell your friends. Tell them to come on over. Subscribe, rate, and review the uh, Rock Savages podcast. We'll be back real soon. Cheers.